Welcome back to Fireside Stories. This is your host, Kate Shambaugh. Today's stories come from Becky with Dumpster Magic and Eric with a temporary cure for absolute misery. Now, without further ado, here's Fireside Stories. So, about nine years ago, a little over nine years ago, it was April, uh, I was living in a squat um, a block away from Wall Street in New York City. Eight years ago. Damn. I'm going to start over. Yeah. Eight years ago. <laughs> a little over eight years ago, because it was April. I was living in a squat a block away from Wall Street in New York City uh, with some friends I'd met during Occupy Wall Street. Uh, they had been given the key to the squat uh, by a person who had been renting this space from the building and gotten into a fight with the management and in retaliation the person who had given them the keys gave them the keys but I think he went down to the park and was like here <laughs> I don't know what his connection to them actually was but this guy it, one way or another my friends ended up with the keys to this giant room it was maybe an event space it had a stage at one end up on the i think it was the third floor of this building and there were between seven and twelve people sleeping there at any point wow. we lived mostly off of dumpstered food and so we, I had, I had moved in uh, after dislocating my shoulder and my friends wanted to give me a safe space to sleep and I stayed. Uh, and so about a month later, I was mostly back to normal and going out on dumpster diving runs. And I remember one night in particular, six of us went out and we had a, uh, started this ritual not too long before of before we went out, we'd all stand in the circle and put our hands in the middle, uh, kind of prayer hand shaped, pointing inwards, and we'd go around and say what we wanted to find. <laughs> Berries, um, hummus, cheese, I said flowers, someone else jokingly said money. And another person I think it may have been bread. I'm not positive on that last one. And we went out and first behind the Duane Reed, we found crates and crates of blackberries. A few of them moldy, most of them perfect condition. Uh, then by the Starbucks, Starbucks ha always puts out these, uh, their, their prepared uh, fruits and cheese, uh, they're like all their prepared foods, mm -hmm. they the little boxes with, uh, they're like cheese plates. Mm. Um, so we got cheese, we like cheese and apples nice. and grapes. And I think we found, we definitely found straight up hummus, bagels. 
We looked in a dumpster and found a dozen white roses. Wow. It was mine, the flowers. It wasn't even near a florist shop. And then walking, um, we were walking along through the streets of the financial district and looked down and there's $40 on the ground. Or $20 on the ground, and we pick it up, and there's actually two 20s wrapped around each other. We immediately give it to the person who said, said money as uh, her things. We're like, well, obviously, you summoned this. Um, so that was berries, cheese, hummus, flowers, money, and bagels. There's always bagels to be found. If there's anything you can find in New York, it's bags of bagels. <laughs> And so we, with our spoils, amongst other things, uh, took them back to our squat and we feasted. The end. Nice. So one of the worst feelings of being on the water is hands down seasickness. And there's a lot of reasons why seasickness sucks just so fucking much. But my opinion, one of the primary, one of the main reasons why it's so terrible is because it is absolutely inescapable when it's happening. When you feel seasick, all you think about is your nausea. And it could be because you didn't eat enough. Maybe you're hungry. Maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you were on land the night before and I'm now completely hungover in the morning. Whatever the case may be, being seasick is absolutely miserable because that nausea that you feel, that's either causing you to be on deck on your back, looking up at the sky, eyes closed, or eyes closed with your hands wrapped around your stomach, or on your knees, head over the side, vomiting your guts out. Throughout all that time, all you think about is how miserable you are. And that nausea that's hitting you from the moving of the boat, from the wind, from the waves, from whatever the case may be, isn't going away to the point where you think it may just be better just to jump off the boat and uh, try to swim towards shore, even if there's no shore nearby. And when you wake up the next watch, when you wake up for your next time on work, after being seasick, there's usually a couple situations. Either you're fine, the sleep is all you needed and you're good to go, or you wake up knowing that seasickness is going to happen when you get up on watch. And that's one of the hard things about working on a ship, is that watch takes priority. Even if you're seasick, watch takes priority. And it may sound like a bit of a machismo thing, which is admittedly fair, but it's all based around this philosophy of a ship, shipmate, self. And that basically means that your ship is first, you take care of your shipmate second, you take care of yourself last. But when you're seasick, all you think about is yourself. And you realize that the ship and shipmate have to require a lot of effort on your part to like actively try to work with. And so when you're on watch, no matter how you're feeling, if you can get out of bed, you have to work. They obviously don't, no one wants you vomiting below decks and so you stay on deck doing what you can you're on helm for as long as you can you're on lookout for as long as you can you have to be there in case something goes wrong whatever the case may be they need you on deck to work 
your shipmates that just went below decks are working, your shipmates on deck with you are working, the ones that are going to replace you will work, so it's not right in your mind to to leave just because you feel miserable. So you stay on deck, and you just wait it out. And so this particular story, this particular situation, involved a sail, open ocean sailing off the coast of Florida. We had hit a, some rough seas, not the worst we'd ever seen, but not the best. Seven foot swells, the boat was moving in a bit of a corkscrew fashion, waves crashing over the side of the boat, wind strong but not gale force, and there was raining pretty heavily. And right now it was about three in the morning, three or four in the morning. Sun hadn't come up yet, it was starting to get a little bit lighter, but it was still pretty dark nonetheless. And so where I was during all of this was on deck. I had already vomited, to be clear. I was horribly seasick. I think either because I was tired, I hadn't gotten a lot to eat the night before, I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep the night before. If we had been in these miserable seas for over a decent while. And this is one of the worst cases of seasickness I've had on this trip so far. And I haven't had a lot. And so this one just kind of just hit you harder than anything. And so I was on deck. I just vomited, holding myself kind of like in a fetal position kind of thing. When out of nowhere, something slaps the back of my head. And so I look down and in my like seasickness addled brain, the first thing that comes to mind for some reason was there was a tube of toothpaste sitting next to me, which of course makes absolutely no sense. But in my mind, I was like, oh, there's a toothpaste just lying next to me for some reason I don't fully understand. So I go to pick it up and that's when I realize it wasn't toothpaste, it was a flying fish. And in my mind, the situation that happened was this fish had jumped out of the water, slapped me on the back of the head while waves were coming over, while the wind was hitting me, while the rain was soaking me, while I was feeling miserable. This fish had come out of the water, slapped me on the back of the head, and that immediately made me forget about all of my misery. I ran up to tell my shipmates on the helm, look, this happened. We were all laughing because this situation just seemed ridiculous. That in all of this miserable experience, this flying fish had jumped out of the water and hit me, of all people, who was ready, just feeling awful. This fish had decided to come out of the water and hit me in the back of the head. And it died, sadly. But for us, this was the temporary cure we needed for this constant absolute misery we were all experiencing. And this was the funniest fucking thing I had seen. Maybe because just of how miserable we're all feeling. Maybe because of some other thing. I don't know what, but the hours of the morning, maybe whatever it is, this was phenomenal. And so I ran over to the bow of the ship to tell my shipmate, Ben, who was on lookout, what had just happened. And so I was explaining the story to him, talking about, he knew I was really seasick and explained to him about this fish that had come out of the water that hit me in the back of the head. And while I was telling him the story, the little smirk started to appear on his fucking face. And then he started laughing. And all through this, what was going on in my mind was remembering all the other times that Ben had fucked with us. And so to be clear, we had all known each other for a while by this point. I think a sign of good friendship is folks willing to fuck with each other. And that's what had absolutely happened here. Um, so Ben, after I finished my story, looks at me and tells me what actually happened. And so while I was being miserable, 
on deck after vomiting, just kind of waiting out this storm on the water and storm inside of nausea inside my head. Ben was on lookout when all of a sudden this fish, this flying fish, jumped on deck and started flopping right in front of him. And so he looked down at this fish and two thoughts came across his mind. One, I could take this fish, throw it back in the water, and it would be fine. The fish would swim away, I would go on about my life, Eric would be miserable, back where he was, none the wiser. Or two, which is what Ben decided to do, he would pick up the fish, turn to me, and chuck it as hard as he could in hopes of hitting me in my head. And it slapped me on the back of my head as hard as you would expect a small fish to in a storm like that, which is not very hard, but nonetheless was enough to knock me out of that, out of that nauseous seasickness experience. And so that reminded us all that like, it's really, I mean, it, yeah, this sucks, but even these like small moments, these temporary cures, when, even when you're the butt of the joke, make this whole trip and kind of make it all worthwhile.